Hey, this is dating coach Joshua Segafis. On this podcast, we talk about how men and women can level up their powers of attraction and desirability to take their dating life to a whole new level. Stay tuned. Keep listening. I'm about to show you how it's done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Joshua Segafis YouTube and Podcast, the YouTube and Podcast show where you learn how to level up your attraction, improve your dating life, and embrace the alpha mentality. My name is Joshua Segafis. Do me a big, quick favor before you watch this video. Um, click that thumbs up button to show that you appreciate my content and that to tell YouTube that you would like to see more of it. It really helps me out with my algorithms. Also, if you have not subscribed to my channel, smash that subscribe button and help me out. I'm trying to grow my audience <clears throat> and help more people level up. So that would be super appreciative. If you're listening to this on um, my podcast, welcome. Feel free to slide on over to that YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Still helps me out if you have a YouTube channel. So, all right, awesome. Today, we are going to be talking about the topic Self-love is not selfish, true or myth, all right? And the reason that I'm getting into this today is because I kind of got a bit a shout-out from one of my friends on Facebook, and she posted a very thought-provoking, lengthy kind of post, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to post it up in the video here and you can, so you can read along with me. And she told me, feel free to use any of this in a podcast. And so I said, boom, I'm going to read all of it and I'm going to react to it. And so she's talking about kind of the difference between, you know, self-love and being happy. And so we're going to go through this and I'm going to react to this and kind of give some commentary. All right, let's start. Okay. She says, instead of telling people that they have to love themselves before they can love someone else, Tell them they need to be happy with who they are first before they can be happy with another. <clears throat> so she's kind of making a distinction there. It's easier to understand the concept of being happy with oneself and might be the right phrasing to get through the communication barriers. Happiness is easier to define than love and easier to attain. Um, I, think, I think that's absolutely right. Happiness is easier to define than love. A lot of people misunderstand and disagree on what they think love is. A lot of people think love is that mystical, tingly, you know, like feeling you get when you hold hands with the person you have a crush on. Okay, that's not love in my opinion. That is infatuation uh, or affection. It kind of depends, right? Um, love is more of a to me, it's a commitment that you make towards someone, right? So it's, so it's not really dependent on your feelings about them. Uh, love, if love is dependent on feelings, then it's willy-nilly. And I think that that does a disservice to humans, right? Because if I say I love you, and then the next minute, you know, you leave a dish out on the counter, and I say, wow, you're such a slob, I don't love you anymore. Then the next minute, I'm like, you know, I do love you. That's just like really wishy-washy. And so that's not really, we can't do that, I don't think, right? You can't offer anyone any solidarity that way. And so I think that love is a commitment. So when I say I love you, I might say, I could even say things like, I'm not happy with you right now. I do not like you right now. I love you, you know, and that's why I'm talking to you and I'm going to help. And we're going to fix this problem. Like we're going to get it fixed because I have a, a commitment toward you that I, I want to keep you in my life, right? I and mean, we could say this to our partner. We could say this to our children. We could say this to our parents. Whoever it is that we love, 
um, who we have a, we're taking upon ourselves a commitment to keep them in our life. That's what I call love, right? So, so when you say I have self love, like I think of it as the same thing. I have a commitment to myself. Do I always like it? Do I always like myself? No. Uh, do I always think that I'm the best? No. Um, am I like, I don't even always, I think I mess up a lot, right? Um, does that mean I'm going to give up on me? No. So to me, that is self love, right? Um, the fact that I refuse to give up on myself, um, and I'm going to continue to commit to being good to me and remaining present in my own life, even when things aren't going well, right? So that's what I think love is. Happiness is a bit easier to define than love. And also focusing on self-happiness may be better than focusing on self-love. But let's continue with this. Um, we're allowed to dislike ourselves from time to time. Of course we are, yes. Uh, it gives us room to know we have things to work on. The pressure of having to love ourselves can become feeling like we're unlovable if we're not perfect. Okay, the pressure of having to love ourselves can become, can lead to us feeling like we're unlovable if we're not perfect. Yeah, that's true. That's super true. And I think that, actually, I think that's a really good thought um, because we shouldn't. We are all going to be unlovable sometimes. That's just straight facts. And anyone you love is going to be unlovable sometimes, right? Straight facts. It just is how it is. Um, that's why I think that we need to, that's why I think we need to conceptualize love as a commitment and not as a feeling, right? It's like, I have affection for you and I love you. And then sometimes it might be like, look, I don't feel much affection for you right now but I do love you, right? So I think that's an important distinction distinction to make. And that's what I would say. Now being happy, well, let's just keep reading here. It leads us to accept partners who push us to change who we are, feeling the need for outside validation because we haven't allowed ourselves to be happy with who we are. We chase their approval, trusting that they'll mold us into someone who's perfect, lovable, even if it's only their version of it. All the while inside, you're still feeling conflicted because all that change won't make you comfortable with who you are. Okay, okay, this is actually, we're getting to a good place here. I'm gonna comment on this in a minute. Feeling positive is fleeting, yes it is, as you can only be happy as long as the other person is happy with who you've been for the day. So this is kind of relying on other people, you know, to be okay with you, for, to be okay with yourself. Um, you'll feel even worse because you're further than ever from the person who you want to be, but that understanding isn't available to you in the confusion of needing to figure out why you're unlovable if you're being yourself. Okay. Now, I think that she's going down a really good road here because in her thoughts, um, she's calling attention to a really important mechanism. And actually, actually I've been working on this in my own life a lot. Um, feeling the need for outside validation because we haven't allowed ourselves to be happy with who we are, right? This is so important. Um, and this is what I call a validational deficit. And so the thing is, is that if we, if we do not approve of ourselves, if we are not um, fine with who we are, if we rely on other people to give us a sense of, you know, that we're valuable, that's a dangerous place to live your life because you cannot control what anyone else thinks. You can only control what you think and what you do, right? And this is why it's really important for us to provide our own validation, right? So my attitude is like this. I am me. I am going to 
wake up. I'm going to be all of the things I want to be. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be, you know, a YouTuber. I'm going to be a dating coach. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a fair and strong alpha mentality partner for my romantic partner. I'm going to be a strong and firm leadership father for my children. All the things we want to be, right? And then, so we validate ourselves, right? And this takes work. We have to do it. We have to wake up. We have to commit to it. We have to actually do it if we want to do it, right? We can't just, I can't just say, I'm going to be a strong leadership father today and then not do any father leadership things. That doesn't make me what I'm telling myself I am. I can only prove it through my action, right? And I have to prove it to myself. That's the number one person. I don't have to prove it to my kids. I don't have to prove it to my partner. I don't have to prove it to the kid's mom. I don't have to prove it to anyone except myself, right? I also have to, this is why the alpha mentality is so important. I also need to be conscious of the fact that my goal is to become the best man in the room at all times, right? I want to outwork everyone else. I want to, I want to outperform everyone else at the things I care about. And what this speaks to is a culture of excellence, not a culture of workaholicism. It's, it's not about I have to work myself to death and push myself and push myself. You do want to push yourself, but it's out of a, but it's out of a, an attitude of excellence, right? I'm going to tell you something real. When it comes to like relationships with your children, you can spend six worthless hours with your kids and do nothing to, to benefit them. You can sit with your kids for six hours and be on your phone and not engage them in meaningful like engagement. And it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's not going to matter to them. Or you can spend 20 minutes putting your phone down, talking to them, engaging with them, learning about them, teaching them, right? Really hands-on, just like helping them with whatever they're struggling with, right? That is going to be so much more meaningful than just sitting idly with your kids. It's going to be so much more meaningful if you spend five minutes being a strong, effective, fair leader, mediating a miscommunication between them, you know, or between them and someone else, that's going to be so much more meaningful than sitting there for three hours nagging at them. Why don't you do what I want? Stop it. You're just so ill-behaved. You know what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, instead of nagging them, you become a leader and you say, okay, this is enough. Let's talk about... Like, let's talk about why this is happening. I want you to sit down and explain to me what your thought process is. And I want you, you know, most parents don't have the, they don't have the patience for that, right? But that's an act of love. And the reason it's an act of love is because you're committed to it, even though it's not very pleasant and you care about this person enough that you want to see them get through this. You're not going to give up on them because this is a bad moment. You have to give that to them. You have to give that to yourself too. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't wake up thinking, I want to be a strong, effective leader for my children and then love themselves enough to show up and take action and follow through with it so that they can manifest that in their lives. And then it speaks to excellence, right? 20 minutes of excellence is much more valuable than six hours of idle bullshit, right? So that's what it comes down to. Uh, Feeling positive is fleeting. 
is you can only be happy as long as the other person's happy with who you've been. Okay, this is so important, we, and we can't do this. Like, if people aren't happy with us, oh well. This is hard. I'm not going to lie to you. In fact, this is so hard for me. My personality type is not very alpha, right? I struggle with people, like, validation. I struggle with it every day. I have to wake up every day and kill off the part of me that wants validation from other people. If I succumb to that, I become, I, I start to beta ties. I start to become a weak, pathetic mess who relies on other people for validation, right? And I become less effective, I become less strong as a man in my life. And then I'm not my best for the people who need me, the people who rely on me, the people I love, right? And I, I can't allow that to happen. There's a quote uh, there's a quote in the show Vikings um, that really resonates with me. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, okay, so there's this quote by Ragnar Lothbrok, and he says, Who said we should be happy? Happiness is more, or un, okay, I must try this again. <laughs> Who said we should be happy? unhappiness is more common than happiness okay and it goes on just a little bit um let's see here okay here's a little bit more here's a little bit more of the quote i know it is hard for you to accept but unhappiness is more common than happiness by the way here's mittens hey say hi mittens who told you you should be happy? You've come to an age where you must grow up and be responsible about certain things. When I was your age, I had many friends. They're all dead. Their happiness is neither here nor there, right? This quote speaks to me about the alpha mentality very profoundly because, because I, I think that it's really easy for us to get caught up in the need to be happy and we focus on that like it's our duty, right? If that's your duty, okay. But that's not necessarily our duty when it comes to the alpha mentality because our first duty is more to leadership and to the people we love, right? And yes, you should strive to be happy, but you have to balance that with a sense of duty and servitude toward the people you're leading, right? Because being a leader and being an alpha means that you exist at the top of the social dominance hierarchy and it means that you're going to sacrifice a lot by default it means that you want to sacrifice that now do you wake up wanting to do that in your weak moments no but you want it in the overall scheme of your life because that's what you believe in right that's what you believe in and ultimately that's what brings you happiness because at the end of the day when you sit at your table alone right when you sit at your table alone and you eat your food and you go to bed, like what matters to you, right? What matters to me is that I believe that I've been a good leader today. I believe that I have loved my loved ones well today. I believe that I have made the most of my resources today and that I have I've brought myself and my tribe forward instead of backward. Like, I want, I want to know that I have made life better for me being here, for myself and my tribe, than make it worse. 
or better than if I had not been there. This is a great burden, a great responsibility that we take upon ourselves. And to me, this is tied in very closely with self-love because, because if I want to love myself, that's a commitment that I must act out every day, right? And that is how I do it for me. Now, of course, this might be different for you or for anyone watching. You have to be aware of what you care about in life. But chasing the fleeting feeling of being happy is, it's useless, right? It's useless. Yes, be happy. Move your life in the direction you believe you want it to go. That should bring about a great deal of happiness, right? But we can't just chase happiness like a drug. It's not how it works, and it will lead us to chaos. We must bring ourselves happiness by enacting out order in our lives. Happiness will happen sometimes. Sadness will happen. Suffering will happen. There will be a lot of complacency. There will be a lot of numbness because we're just going through the motions. It's not necessarily fun. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And we have to get off this high of wanting to be happy all the time. It's not realistic. Um, you become more excited and more happy as you start to accomplish your goals. I'll tell you that if those are, if they're truly the goals you want, it's a natural byproduct of increased confidence and increased boldness in life. You start chasing the things you want more, right? And you become more successful at achieving them. All right. I'm going to keep reading here to the friend who made this understand that I'm probably getting off topic a little bit. <clears throat> I really appreciate you writing this and calling me out to give my opinion on it. Um, I'm probably going off on tangents that you didn't intend for this to go off in, but this is what it's provoking me. These are the thoughts, the mentalities uh, that it's provoking in me, and it's very thought-provoking. It's a very good discussion to have. Okay, okay. Um, final part here. By turning your focus to being happy, it creates little steps that are achievable. Take a moment to ask yourself what would honestly make you feel better and explore those options. It can be anything, music, tea, or coffee, a phone call, a shower, something to eat, five minutes of quiet, a movie, book, or podcast, a nap, a hobby, a walk, etc. Listen deep for what your mind or body is truly craving and make time for it. Okay, this is really true as well because you have to take care of yourself, right? Now, when I say we, we can't chase happiness like a drug, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't pursue a state of well-being, right? And I talk about this like level up mind, body, spirit. And to me, this is the spirit part, the spiritual part, the relationship with ourselves. Like if I wake up, if I wake up and I'm miserable and I'm, I'm an angry son of a bitch, there's a, some kind of problem. There's some kind of problem. And I have to... I have a responsibility to figure out what that is. Excuse me. I have a responsibility to figure out what that is, right? And so I have to wake up and I have to I have to figure that out. And what this is saying here is it's saying by turning your focus being happy it creates little steps that are achievable. So happiness is a sort of a metric that to a point I need to pursue so that I'm good enough to do the things that I want to do. So for example, 
I want to love my children well. I want to love my girlfriend well. I want to love my tribe well. But how can I do that if I'm a miserable, mean son of a bitch all the time, right? I can't. So what I need to do is I need to solve that miserable problem so that I can be in a positive state of mind to bring them to a more positive state of mind. Now, how do I do that? Well, this is exactly what the post is saying. You know, take a moment to ask yourself what would honestly make you feel better and explore those options. Could be music, tea, coffee, phone call, shower, etc. For me, it might be taking a walk. It might be listening to something. It might be listening to some motivational stuff to like, you know, bring me back up. Honestly, work does it for me. I'm a bit of a workaholic. I'm going to make a video about that in the future, but I work to help myself feel better about things, right? And it so just is whatever. It's whatever. Um, but that is important. You do have to, you do have to chase that, right? Um, I just think that it's important to remember why you're trying to be happy. It's because you need you want to be effective. I I don't know the writer of this. I'm not sure if she agrees with me or not about this. But to me, I tell myself this all the time. I wasn't put here to be liked. I was put here to get results, right? I was put here to achieve something. And so, yes, I have to be. Happiness is a state of mind that facilitates me making a dent in the universe. That's why I would want to pursue it, not for the sake of just feeling good things. That's a, that's a journey that goes nowhere, in my opinion. In my experience, I've found that that's a journey that goes nowhere to me. So, so it's important to keep the why you're pursuing it in the back of your mind to facilitate it. Then again, I'm very achievement oriented. People who are not very achievement oriented, they might not, um, they may not agree with that. They might be looking for just the experience of feeling happy, which don't get me wrong is great. And everyone should pursue that. And then it kind of comes to balance. I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing to do, but I'm saying that as a general rule, if we want to achieve something, it's important to keep the why we are pursuing it in the back of our minds, right? Okay, so let's continue on here. Um, listen deep for what your mind or body is truly craving and make time for it. When you start focusing on making time for your needs and wants, you'll slowly gain that footing to be happy, regardless of whatever is going on around you. It will open your eyes to seeing who is healthy for you and who isn't. Let go of that fear that your partner won't like who you are or want to do the things you want to do. If they aren't supportive of seeing you happy and thriving, why would you want to have that kind of partner? That's super true. Super true. Um, if they truly love you and are healthy, they'll encourage you in these things the same way you should do in return. Okay, now this is starting to sound a little bit like, like self-prioritization, which I believe in very much. Um, you need to prioritize yourself first and foremost, no doubt. You need to, like, it's kind of like the first person you should feed when you wake up is yourself. The first person who should get water is you, right? Um, the first person to put on an air mask should be you. Why? Because if you are not taken care of, you will not be fully functional to help take care of the people you care about. And you will struggle to, you'll struggle to be as effective as you could be, right? Um, it's like the, the parable of the monk, you know, the monk who gives away all of his food to the poor and then he starves to death. Is he more effective than the monk who 
you know, is wise with his resources. He eats a good meal every day. Maybe he even builds a business uh, and so he can make more and more money. He might not feed the poor in the first five to 10 years of his life. However, once he gets to that 10 year mark where he has a surplus, he can feed all of the poor an infinite number of times, right? So it's like, to me, that's, that's exactly what this speaks to. You have to take care of yourself and you need to become something meaningful so that you can actually make a greater difference, right? Um, I don't know that I'm, I'm not, and, and, and the reason you do it is to make a dent in the universe. And at the end of the day, you do it for you anyway. You don't do it for the poor. That sounds really, that might sound mean, but like any good that I might do for anyone else, I don't necessarily do for them. I do for me, right? I do it because I want to do it. I don't do it because I feel like I have to or I have some sense of altruism. I do it because I want to do it. All right. <clears throat> and of course, you want a healthy partner who wants good things for you. If they if they don't want good things for you, they're bad news. You should cut them loose. Um, a healthy partner will naturally want to do some of the things you enjoy, even if it's not their thing, because seeing you happily doing whatever makes them smile by making sure you're happy first, you'll weed out the ones who are trying to use you as a crutch for their own issues. That's very true, that's very true. When you become a source of your own happiness, you're able to recognize when someone else brings their own positivity to the relationship as it adds to yours instead of reducing it. Super true, absolutely true. All right, final thoughts. Self-love is not selfish. True or myth? Um, and this is kind of what we're dancing around here with, you know, this post written by this person, um, I'm not going to name drop or, you know, cause I, I just want to keep, I want to keep people's, um, keep people anonymous, you know, if they want to be anonymous, but, but I really appreciate this post. Um, when you start talking about self-love and, you know, whether or not you should love others and whether or not you should be happy, this speaks to, this speaks to, you know, whether or not it is selfish. And so to me, at the end of the day, is self-love selfish? Uh, maybe a little bit, and that's a good thing. Being inherently, inherently selfish to the point where you prioritize yourself first is really where you want to be. That's how it should be, because that's how you take care of other people. That's how you make your life better. That's how you make the world better because you then become the best that you can be. And that's when you're going to be in your number one position to help other people do the same, right? All right. That's going to be it for this one. Go with grace, my friends. Never give up your power. If you have some ideas about this, please share them in the link below or share them in the comments. Check out my links below. Um, as always, feel free to message me or get in touch with me if you'd like me to react to something or to talk about something, uh, you know, a topic that you'd like to talk about. I will see you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit www.joshuasagathis.com. Catch you on the flip side.